Pulp MX Network production. Pulp MX fans, we're 550 plus shows and counting thanks to your support of our sponsors. Get the Pulp MX app for iOS and Android today. Save money with discount code PULPMX at btosports.com and click the Amazon banner on PULPMX.com for all other online purchases. It's the BTOsports.com Steve Mathis Show, presented by Fox Racing on RacerXOnline.com. The original Moto Podcast, featuring legends of the past, stars of today, season previews and race reviews, introspection, opinion, facts, and laughs. Here's your host, Steve Mathis. Welcome to the BTOsports.com RacerX Podcast, Las Vegas Supercross Wrap-Up Podcast. That's right, folks. Supercross is over. Dunzo, gone. That's it. Supercross, bye-bye. The last person to cross the finish line in 2015, Jason Wygat pointed out, was the Dusty Pipes. We all knew the season would end with Dusty Pipes collecting the checkers. Um BTOsports.com, great guys down there, brand new website, mobile phone friendly, great international shipping rates uh, to anywhere in the world. Use the code PulpMX when you check out to save yourself big money at BTOsports.com. Of course, the BTO Sports KTM team of Justin Brayton, Andrew Short, new team manager this weekend for those guys. We'll get into that in a second. And also uh, Fox Racing, Foxhead.com, the global innovation leader in motocross racewear. V3 helmet, instinct boot, airspace, performance goggle. They got a new goggle out. And uh, check them out at your local dealer or foxhead.com. Go there, ask for Fox. They'll hook you up. And they're presenting this podcast. Thanks to those guys with me on the line. A couple of gentlemen that uh, were at the races and uh, had a lot to say and uh, helped me um, greatly on Friday night put together this Arena Cross webcast that we'll also talk about. First up, my boss, the online editor of RacerX. Uh, online.com and future NASCAR uh, announcer as well as Ralph Shaheen's partner this summer, the Jason Wygant. Yeah. You and Ralph talking NASCAR TV in the pits. I was there. He was, uh, he was, he was not aware. He was not aware. <laughs> this is just another gig for him. Right. It's uh, a huge step for me. Yeah, yeah. So what will happen is there's a couple of these, like the second tier NASCAR series on some of the off weekends for the Nationals. He said I can be a pit reporter, and then it turns out Ralph will be the play-by-play guy. So the super team that the world has been waiting for will be throwing it to me, and I'll be throwing it back to him. Can we can we just get a uh, – give us a little report and then say back to you, Ralph. Just give us a little. Uh, yeah, no problem. I'll use some of the right terminology. Ready? Yep. Okay. Back to you, Ralph. That's what it's going to sound like. Perfect. Perfect. Fantastic. Yeah, really loud, and I'll be trying my best to scream. Right. Also on the line, uh, he's out there in the world hawking fly racewear across the uh, across the country to riders everywhere, and uh, he is at Western Power Sports' own Jason Thomas. What's up, JT? Oh, not much. Just uh, back to real life after a uh, long, long but good weekend in Vegas. Yeah. Yeah, a lot of work. Um it's it, it yeah. What you guys want to talk about Arena Cross first or the um, the Supercross? What do you want to do? Let's go timeline. Let's go Arena Cross first. Okay, Arena Cross, catch the fever. Uh, first off, we did the the webcast live from the South Point Hotel Casino, and 
Thanks to you guys for helping me out, by the way. It worked great. Weege, you knew you had to carry it, and you did, so thanks for that. Um, we had a lot of guests. No, I don't know. I think we, uh, I think we all just talked over each other and, or shared. I don't know what the, which way well, you want to call it, but uh, <laughs> no one really did anything more than anybody else. Well, JT, when, when, uh, when, when Hayes hit Regal in the last main event, we just telling me, like, I was trying to explain to people who were listening what was going on, but you and I were just going, oh no, oh my God. <laughs> Uh yeah, it wasn't. <laughs> was, we just like I'm trying. Great. To... I was I was more shell shocked than anything. He's, tr- he's, tr- he's, he's trying to set Anyone it up. Listening, yeah, that was the one point I had to try to take control because basically the three of us are just screaming. Oh my god, I can't believe it! What? That? Oh wow! And everyone at home must have been like, "What? What? <laughs> just tell me what happened." <laughs> and then every time you try to stop, one of us would yell, "Oh god, I was so bad! I was so bad!" <laughs> It must have been two minutes of just screaming. <laughs> um, so they go into the race. We, not believe, we literally could not believe what we were seeing. No, <laughs> it was it was an all timer. Um, the they go into the race. Hayes and Regal tied, and uh, Hayes beats Regal, Regal in the first main event. He's up by one. The points and structures are such that there's only one point gap between the the finishes. And the second main event off the start, Regal's right ahead of Hayes. And, and Hayes could have just followed Regal around. He still would have won the title on a tie break for most main events. So I, I'm sure the Babbitts Kawasaki team had told him that, or I'd hope people had told him that, and he kind of knew the situation going in. And JT, uh, I'll start with you. He absolutely loses his mind in the corner after the whoops. Yeah, that wasn't uh, that was not an advisable move. Uh, I've seen a lot of desperation attempts on passes. Uh, you know, Bradshaw Matasevich in Vegas, uh, 92. Uh, let's see. I'm trying to think of the craziest moves. Ever. That, one, that one comes to mind. It just, you know, the, the thing I kept coming back to and I was replaying it in my mind was he didn't need to do that. He did not need to do that. And, I, you know, I've read the interview that Weege did with him mm-hmm. and where he was saying he was worried about Gavin Faith, yada, 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 which is fine. I understand that line of thinking but maybe you go over the finish line and look around for faith in the air you know and find out if he's there or you know you need to pull off something like that because that was just that was a desperation move as i said when you didn't need to be desperate he was perfectly right where he needed to be he didn't have to beat regal he didn't have to win uh you know he's if he's that worried about faith and find out where faith is before you absolutely go bonkers out there yeah, um, so people who don't know, I guess I didn't set it up right. Jacob, so Hayes came out, cleaned out Regal. They both went down. Um, did they both go down? I think Hayes went down real briefly. No, Hayes didn't go down. He didn't go down at all? Okay. No. I thought he tipped over and picked up his bike. But uh, he damaged his water pump, lost all his water, his bike broke. Regal got up way back and, and won the title with a, you know, a sixth or no, a ninth place, I think. And uh, Hayes also was freaking out to his mechanics as he – I guess he didn't realize, and we talked about this on the uh, on the air. He did not know his bike. He had done anything to his bike in that attempted pickup pass that he did. So he just thought his team, his group of guys, had 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 you know effed up the bike and whatever. So he he kind of didn't have a nice display out on the track either. Things got really bad. Weed, you talked to him. What, what what what's your takeaway? You got the exclusive interview with Jacob Hayes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I kept uh, taunting everyone with that. I got. I I mean, I know this year. To be able to nail that Jacob Hayes interview, that was what all the journalists were going for. 
Um, he he really doesn't regret, I think, the past attempt. The <clears throat> unproportion, uh, unsportsmanlike, unprofessional actions after the race, when he was on the track ranting and raving and punching his helmet and screaming and motioning towards the mechanic, he does regret that. Although I have to say, I usually don't have a problem. Like when Weston Pike kicks his bike over, I don't usually have a problem with that stuff. Mm-hmm. And since he didn't know that the bike broke in the crash, he really thought he had that kind of bad luck. I, I almost understand why. No, like, no, no. As a former mechanic... Come on, bro. As a former mechanic, you're all in this together. You've made a plenty of mistakes as a rider to you know over the time, and they didn't yell at you. So he, he, let's say... Well, he, but he wasn't berating them. I mean, most of the time, he was just on the side of the track by himself just screaming. Well, which, if you knock Regal down and you get away and you're like, I got this, I got it. I'm going to win. And then the bike starts losing power. You probably should be super angry. I would be. You wouldn't be? Mm, you shouldn't handle it that way, the way he was. With his, he was throwing his hand up in the air at the mechanics and when he came by the area and he was, you know, throwing his helmet and stuff. So keep, keep it together. Uh, I've seen Stone Cold Steve Austin and Macho Man Randy Savage and some, some all-time champions. That's the way they would handle it. Well, actually, uh, I consider, and, you know, that kind of display is what the fans <laughs> come to see. You know what? This this arena cross was on that level, so I guess I'm wrong. <laughs> <laughs> because that, this, this this was that kind of event. Um, so he didn't, here's the crazy part that we need to discuss. <clears throat> Even looking back at it, he is not a hundred percent sure he wouldn't do that again. That's crazy to me that he said that. That's crazy. Yeah. 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 Like it didn't work. Work. <laughs> no regret about the the move. The only regret is that it didn't work. <laughs> um, well, Jay- my point is like that should prove right there that it probably wasn't worth. Right. Hey, a young Steve Mathis once said to uh, Jay Mitrovich of the AMA back at High Point years ago, Jay, these are not F sixteen tactical fighters. The riders can't so accurately aim the motorcycles and do precise damage. And this is proof. Like all you can do is go in there and ram a guy. And there's a 50-50 shot, you're going to get it worse than him. And that's the ultimate proof. Like, any time you go for a pass like that, mm-hmm. the odds are 50-50 that that's going to happen. So that's a huge risk to take. Um, JT, if, if, if Hayes' bike hadn't broken and he went on to win the title, I guess who cares? But that's dirty. It was dirty. Pack. Yeah, there would have been a protest filed. I don't think it would have anything would have happened. Uh, there may have been some brawling. I think. <laughs> right? Uh, I feel pretty strongly about the fact that there would have been some fighting going on. Yeah. Crazy, man. It was an, it was an insane pass. There's no doubt. Um, well, we had just um, explored on the air the JT and Buddy Antonez, right. Mr. Arena Cross, that anything goes in Arena Cross. But did we actually find something that goes that was beyond anything goes? I think we did. I, that I, beyond I, anything goes. Yeah. No, because JT confirmed that. I said, JT, you said anything goes. And, he, and you were like, mm, not that. <laughs> well, I th- I still think if he if he hadn't broken his bike and he had gone on to win the championship, nothing would have came of it. You know, he's he's the champion as of today. Right. So right, right. if you want to, you know, if anything goes, then anything goes. He's the champion. Yeah, maybe he had to fight his way out of the arena, uh, but he would have he would have got a big bonus check and he'd be the champ. Yeah. Yeah, I was exciting. There's no doubt. Um, I feel like in our business. Because let's be honest, racing is boring a lot. Uh, we have to build things up. And I'm so used to, like, building things up to what's really an unrealistic level. Like, you just keep saying, this is going to be awesome. And you kind of know in the back of your mind is a chance it won't be. It was almost surreal that we spent four hours building up. It's a cross. 
something crazy could happen, and that's actually what happened. It completely, <laughs> totally lived up to all the hype. I couldn't believe it. Yeah. Yeah, I did. I'm so used to it not living up to the hype. Maybe all three of us just go to full-time arena cost next year. Just full-time. Just hammer that series. Just hammer that series, I think. Um, Yeah, and, you know, of course, let's not forget in the the heat race, or was that the main event where Blos went down and collected Regal and – where, when was that? In the whoops. That was the first main. That was yeah, the first main. Should have, maybe should have finished ahead in the first main if it wasn't for that. Right. So just crazy stuff like that, you know, um, where yep. blows gets out of hand. And I, I, I said on the air, like, perhaps that was team tactics, you know. Oh, hey, yeah. Blows, yeah, blows, we're going to screw in your rebound all the way. You're going to end up packing in the whoops, and it's going to unload right at the end, and you're going to go down. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> Yeah, so it was uh, it was nuts. Uh, JT, who was your favorite guest we brought up into the booth? Uh, that's a good question. We had a pretty star-studded uh, lineup there. Uh, Chad um, Reed, Chad Reed, Nick Way, Buddy Antonis, Jacob Hayes, Kyle Regal, Josh Cartwright, Jordan Smith, Chris Kiefer, Tyler Bowers, Tyler Bowers, Chris Riesenberg from Race Tech. Uh, I'm going to say Budman, Brayton, Will Hahn, Nick Way. <laughs> Nick, I think I said that, yeah. yeah. That's pretty awesome, huh? When you really think about those guys, everyone was there. A lot of the industry was there, no doubt. And there's more people that I talked to that were there that didn't come on the show. So, mm-hmm. um, Oh, Jim Hawley, Andy Boyer. Oh, of course. <laughs> um, Jim Hawley. Right. Um, Weege's reunion with Jim Hawley, that's special. It was a special moment. There wasn't a dry eye in the ice, JT, in, in the house, JT. There wasn't – people were, you know, couldn't believe it. They were back together, <laughs> the Supercross webcast team. I, yeah, I would say great. Budman. I mean, overall, you know, obviously we were maybe not the most professional broadcast in, in radio history, but I thought overall for an event that we're trying to have a good time, trying to be entertaining when no one could see the action, they're basically, you know, living vicariously through us. I thought it was pretty awesome. I, I really do. And that's even having me involved. So I don't know if that's, you know, uh, I don't know, arrogant to say or whatever. It wasn't really so much me as it just the overall show. I just thought it came off really, really well. Even including us screaming, you know, the mic that we couldn't believe what we just saw? Well, yeah, I think that was just <laughs> excitement. And both of us don't have a lot of experience with play-by-play. And, and we reeled it back in pretty quickly. But I was, I was losing my mind. I couldn't believe what I just saw. I, thought, uh, I, I, I mean, that was one of the most aggressive moves I've ever seen. I thought as far as building the hype, Chad Reed did a great job. Chad Reed was phenomenal. Just... Oh, yeah. Oh, wait. <laughs> He's good for that. Uh, he, he wanted those whoops in Supercross. He liked the track finishing in Arena Cross. He didn't want. He didn't know anything about Arena Cross series itself. He's very busy, um, and he didn't think Supercross was great. <laughs> I think that's what we got from him. He brilliantly, as he always does, he managed to make every compliment about Arena Cross actually an insult to Supercross. <laughs> right. That's all it really was. Right, right. A veiled insult. Very <laughs> beautifully done. Oh, it's good. Good times. <laughs> We were having him on, and I was trying to get him going. And that's the one point I'm like, what can I say to this guy to try to get him, like, a little excited and help us out here? <laughs> nah, nothing. So, Well, this is where I would give – I have to compliment you, Matt. This is, this is why – this is how you've become who you've become. You do not care about kissing ass to any of these dudes. So you say to JT, when was the last time Supercross had a series this close? And JT's like, 2011. And you're like, no. No, he had it. And Reed's on the air. And JT's like, Reed was only behind, Chad was only behind by four points going into Vegas. And no. No. No, no, no it wasn't even close. No. Yeah, okay. I mean, we, Chad, just, 
Chad just looks at you like, whatever, dude. <laughs> <laughs> we knew RV had to do it at that point. RV was riding good. He was a better rider. Oh, yeah. Everyone knew. Yeah, totally. we, we did. We all knew. Um, yeah. You should call him. Else I would love you to call him and tell him that again off the air. That would, I would really enjoy that. Yeah, no, no. That's fine. I think I, think I told him at 3 o'clock in the morning. I, I'm complimenting you. Anyone else in your situation would, because Chad is literally right there with the headset listening, would have twisted it around to turn it into, well, Chad was having a great season. He, he definitely was in position for it. Nope. <laughs> I just felt like yeah, RV. Yeah, no, Chad, you had no chance. I remember thinking RV is just going to outride him. You know what I mean? Like, uh, he's just going to, like, that's all. Like, no. No offense, just, that's what I thought. Oh, God. So, anyways, um, <laughs> yeah, that's, that's probably why. That's probably why. Hey, can you believe that uh, uh, Feld let us do this in the first place, though? It's been phenomenal. They, they actually some higher ups didn't really knew this was going I on still even. Don't. <laughs> right, I still don't. Right. Um, all right. Um, yeah, it was it was a nuts nuts old race for sure. And congrats to Regal. Um, and and hey, Hayes was supposed to race the Supercross. Uh, what we what did he say as far as why just heartbreak just bad deal no he he says at least that he had an ankle injury and then he aggravated the ankle injury and he didn't want to ride down 100 percent. i'm not sure okay i'll give him the benefit of the doubt yeah ankle 100 percent. i still wonder if it were lined up well perhaps jt the ankle was sore from the ramming into the other motorcycle (laughs) maybe maybe that tweaked the ankle a bit possibly Uh, BTOsports.com, RacerX podcast was in it by Fox Racing. All right, uh, Vegas. Vegas. I was I was semi-excited for the 250 East-West shootout. Uh, this weekend, no main events, just the shootout. I was really looking forward to the Webb-Muscan battle, and Webb goes down. Then uh, coming into the race, of course, Bogle bowed out, Jeremy Martin bowed out, Bowers is hurt, Nelson is hurt. Um, Webb loses his front end in practice and kind of a slow speed crash and really kind of hurts his ankle. He was actually on crutches at some point. Then he was without the crutches at some point. Then he was back with the crutches. It was confusing. But um, that took the air right out of it, Weege. That took the air right out of the shootout for me. Oh, oh, absolutely. I mean, when the other guys are out, like you said, I mean, it just there was just no chance. And to think that really if you, if you were in Vegas, and we were, and you had to throw money down on who would you pick, I really had no idea. No. Yeah. I had no idea who would have won that race, which is the perfect scenario, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, they were both so dominant. To picture either guy getting manhandled, the way Webb has been going from, like, 12th to 1st, or yeah. Moose ends when winning pretty much every race, like, to picture either one just getting destroyed by the other guy is almost impossible. It would have, yeah. had to have been a great race. I think I, it was going to be great, absolutely. Amuki was frisky. Mookie was frisky, but and he just Marvin was just better. There was no doubt. Mar, Marvin had it. Um, uh, but at one point, Geico was two, three, four. Uh, I don't know. Hampshire crashed a little bit, but then he kind of—I don't know what happened when he ran into trouble. But uh, Bashaglia got third. Good job by him and Mookie second. What do you think of the shootout overall, JT? What you? What's your thoughts on that? I thought it was all right. You know, it was a little anticlimactic uh, with the injuries and the riders that decided not to participate uh, as well. Um, so I wasn't – I was excited about the showdown, and then whenever Cooper hurt himself, then that really kind of took the air out of it for me. Uh, and I'll be honest, I was kind of – I had one eye on the Mayweather fight, and I had one eye on the on the race uh, during that time. So um, just because there wasn't really much going on. You know, the best guy got out front. And it was like, okay, well, you know, there's no one that's going to challenge him. I really don't think anybody had anything for him 
uh, in real, you know, in a mm-hmm. real point situation where everybody has to push hard. There's no way anybody was going to beat Muscan in that race unless Cooper was out there. You so this is uh, Exhibit A, Weege, what we were talking about on why you can't talk to these teams and riders about stuff in the sport. Um, I didn't talk to a lot of guys about the shootout itself, but Weege, you did, and we, you were telling me that. A lot of people are like, oh, there's no points here. It doesn't matter. Like, you know, these guys bowing out with injuries and not showing up and this and that. Because there was no more, no more main events like there used to be. You know, there was main events for two, three, four years. And your point is, for for a decade, the Ryan Villapotos, the Ben Townley, the Nathan Ramseys, the, you know, all these title guys, Langston's, well, Langston got hurt, I think, one year. But they, they lined up, and there was no problems. No one said anything. And now this is where we're at. Yeah, it is amazingly how how short the memory is. Now, I understand from the riders' perspective, half of the riders in the 250 class, I think the last time they didn't have points at Vegas was 2010. So half of those guys were like 12 back then. Right. Um, so I maybe I understand that their memory is a little bit fuzzy. But for the most part, the teams are the same teams. Like, I'm sure Mitch Payton remembers when there weren't points in the line, and he sent Townley and Villapoto to face off against each other with number one plates and Langston with a number one plate. You never, ever heard anyone that back then say, oh, dude, that's too much of a risk. Outdoors is coming up. Right. Never heard that ever. No. Even when guys got hurt. Like, you're right, Langston ruined himself for outdoors one year, and you never heard anyone say, well, this is stupid. Right. They shouldn't be out here racing for no points. Now, I guess there was a truck on the line a lot, but I'm sure they had bonuses. Well, right? they, yeah, absolutely. So you, you heard that from some people, like, oh, there's nothing on the line. This is dumb. Oh. Oh, absolutely. Right. And the, just the general, if you went around to any of the team trucks and the riders and stuff in general, it was just constant. Like, I, I was trying, I went into the uh, pro circuit rig and Cincerillo and uh, Savage were in there, and they were both just telling me how, like, nobody cares about this race. And I said to Savage, I'm like, dude, if you win this shootout, you will have a Supercross win in your career. You can suck for the next three years, and you'll have a ride. We have proof. <laughs> there are other riders who have won one Supercross. And just get hurt after that, but they are still employed. If you win, your whole career can change. Just not into it. Yeah, which is sad. It's brutal. I mean, I, so come on. Like, what do we do next yeah. year? Do we do we go back to the main event format? Because the shootout, the shootout, you know, lost its lackluster, quote unquote. <laughs> um, <laughs> when we had the two main events, so maybe we just ditched the shootout. I don't know. I'd love to see three, four races a year become a combined. 250 East-West, and just like they used to do. I'd love to see that, but I don't know if that's going to happen. Here's my, here's my whole yeah, point. Yeah, I don't know. My yeah. whole point is you can't ask these teams. You can't ask the teams. Ask them what? Like, what should we do? What do you think? Because they're all just going to be self-serving. You know what I mean? They're going to well, do what they... they did not ask no, no, I know. Yeah, I know. But, but we saw the lack of enthusiasm. We saw the guys bowing out of this thing. To the point where maybe you know, some, some something has to be done for next year. I don't know. So yeah, for sure, for sure. I mean, that really Bogle Martin. Uh, okay, Webb did get hurt, but you just have to imagine if the guys were even feeling one percent off. It was just nah, right. Um, there just wasn't a lot of effort being put in. I, I mean, it's not that long ago to remember Dungey and Villapoto. Like, dude, they were racing to the death. Right. Like, he was as important to win that race as any other race all year. No points in the line. Yes, there was a Toyota truck. I just can't believe, even in this class, where they don't make as much money, I still can't believe that it was... Was Dungey killing it for 15 laps for the truck? Is that really why? Right. Here, here's what I do. 
if I could wave, wave a magic wand. I make yeah, I make Dallas and Houston combined East-West uh, races, main events. I make this a combined East-West main event, all for the points. And, and or, or I make Vegas a truck up for grabs and a huge purse and a U.S. Open uh, Monster Cup energy and monster cup kind of purse for 250s uh that's what i do to uh to get guys into this race what do you think jt yeah i don't i'm not real pumped on the format um well what do you mean what do you, like you're not pumped on a shootout well i i actually kind of like the two main events better than just the one shootout okay um i just like more racing is better uh, I think I do think that the having two main events takes away a bit from the shootout. Yeah. But honestly, I just didn't think it was all that exciting in the 250 class. You know, we had the, the short heat race in each coast and then the, the one shootout main event. But I liked having the points end in Vegas for the 250. Okay. I thought it built, you know, some, some sort of uh, hype for the race. Right. There was seemingly none in the 250 class. I just like so basically the thirteen and fourteen format I like better than this year I guess is the well, I, my main point. I feel like if you're going to do that and I, and I think one of the reasons they scrapped it, Weege, was TV time, right? That was really one of the reasons they scrapped it. Um, Never heard, I, and they wouldn't even heck. We could barely even get them to admit they weren't doing it, let alone why. <laughs> yeah, good point. Um, Seriously, did you ever see an official announcement? It was just completely like yeah, eh, it won't be a points race. Yeah, 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 yeah no, kind of. Um, well, I th- I, even leading up to the weeks before, we all knew, but we were kind of like filling people in. No yeah. one really even knew. Right. I, I um, yep. yeah, that's what I would do. I, I would, I, I do feel like JT, though, um, having, now, usually I'm not sympathetic to these riders and teams, but in the case of this, if you have a tight points race um, going to the main event and you have to start at 7 o'clock on a watered Vegas track, mm-hmm. um with a championship on the line and just come out of the gate at seven with your main event, I'm a little, I'm a little understanding that that's not the best way to decide a title. Okay, then go with two fifty heats first. What's the difference? Four fifty heats, you mean? I'm sorry. Yeah. 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 Okay. All right. But sure. Um, no, I'm just saying. I, I right, right. I know that's a change, and yeah. we don't like that. But right. if that's a huge concern, which I can understand it is, then just move it around. What a about bit. what about a, what about the Texas races being east west like they used to be? And Vegas being in east-west, Maine. That's it. Boom. There we go. I'm fine with that. Yeah. Or 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 this would take investment by the folks at Feld, a truck, and a huge purse for Vegas for the shootout. So all these all these jerkies want to get right into it and get 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 involved. What about ten trucks? Top ten people get free trucks. Uh, sure. Let's make it. Uh, let's just make it the whole field. <laughs> yeah. How about, How about the announcers? How about press box media <laughs> trucks? How about eighty right, trucks? We get some for my VIPs too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. How about eighty trucks up for grabs? <laughs> okay, that's like Oprah. I think you go and get truck. Yeah, we'll have Oprah there. She'll give away trucks. You get a truck, and you get a <laughs> you truck. You get a truck. <laughs> um, I I don't know. It, I guess Weege in one way the shootouts, the shootouts lackluster uh, performance kind of encapsulates. The Supercross season as a whole, right? I mean, it's just <laughs> one of those. Like, it's just one of those years, and the yeah, shootout. Somebody was, had to go there. It was going to be me or you or JT, but one of us had to say it. Webb getting hurt was like, yep, of course he gets hurt. 
Yeah. No, no, yeah. He washes out in the front turn in a, in a small crash, you know, yep. and just – I mean, it's just – look, it's one of those years that happens. You know, Swiss Corp blames me yeah. for his lack of enthusiasm in Supercross. I blame everything we've been seeing all year, you know, on what – I think you focus on the negatives too much. Thank you. I appreciate Personally. that. He's definitely, he's definitely been accused of that a time or two. Um, I just – you know, one of – it just – Vegas is never that thrilling, and it definitely. Joe Justin Hill could have done well. He he crashed in the first turn. He was out too. It basically, didn't race the main event. Um, is there a rider more more disappointing this year in the two fifty class than Justin Hill? Probably not. Even with his no two, way. Even with that's his two podiums, right? Yeah, tough, terrible, tough year. The problem, especially when you consider <laughs> look at Wilson and Hill compared to the other two KTM teammates. Yeah, yeah. I, I doubt Roger even says three words to Hill at this point. You know, Marv, Maybe three letters. <laughs> Roger's pretty well known for just being like, eh, if you're not doing so well, you've got to figure it out. So, um, yeah. You, you know, looking at the times, the lap times, um, it was actually kind of weird. The, there's 11 guys that were doing like one, and the worst was 11, 111. So, uh, lap time, their best lap time. 11 guys doing the 111, and then there were. The rest of the field from 13 to 22 all did 114 or worse. Weird, right? Like, there was this clear separation between two groups. Well, maybe three groups. There was Marvin. Then there was everybody else. And then there was everybody else from there. It's just a little weird factoid. Um, Plessinger rode well, though. Weege, that was something to talk about in the shootout. I thought he was, you know, we were sitting up there with Cooper Webb. He said Plessinger was going to get third. He didn't, but he put a good run at it. Uh, yeah, um, I gotta say though, uh, we'll see how this turns out outdoors. Every star racing guy pretty much sucked on starts this year. Webb, pretty much bad at starts every time. Plessinger, almost bad at starts every time. J Mart wanted to get better starts than he did. I don't think he was terrible, but he wasn't as good as he wanted to be. I'll have to see if that's something or if it's just coincidence. See if that's something. I mean, you figure those bikes right. are fast. There's no doubt about that. Right. Uh, was this Pashaglia's first podium? I, feel uh, like, I didn't have the heart to ask him because that would mean I wasn't paying enough attention to know. I feel like he I got. So. I, feel, I feel he got one in like Jersey last year. You know? Oh, good call! I think he did. I f- yeah, I think he might have. Maybe, but none this year. We're thinking. Are we no, this bad now with the stats? Mm, no, you know, honestly, let's just get to the outdoors and we'll talk about that series. Wow, the summer That's series. That's where we're at. No, I'm kidding. I'm joking. I'm actually looking right now. Um, yeah, third Vegas. Last he got third in Vegas last year. Oh, definitely don't remember that one. And he got four, yeah, and he got fourth. He got, he got fourth in Jersey. So, so Vegas, Matt Pashaglia, Vegas set specialist. So he's like the new Kyle Cunningham, right? Yeah, and another guy that didn't race, didn't show up. Kyle Cunningham, by the way. So, yeah, uh, Zach Bell was back. For what? Uh, I don't, I, I don't know. Yeah, no idea. He's not hurt. He's going to race outdoors on a four fifty. So he's not hurt. So. Um, Has Zach, there ever been a race where more people sat out other than Vegas '95? <laughs> yeah, you catch the fever. The race people are nah, nah. I'm, 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 you know what? If they don't change this thing, this thing, it's going to happen again because of these idiot teams. Yeah, true. These idiot yep. teams going. There's nothing up for stake. We got to get ready for outdoors, man. And you're like, especially guys like like Cooper Webb get hurt in practice. It yeah, really, Bye. really. Starts to raise some eyebrows as far as should we be out there. But for 15 years, Ryan Villapoto lined up, Ben Townley lined up, Grant, Le- you know, Grant Lexington 
weeded himself on press day. You know, these guys, there was no hesitation, no second thoughts. They all went. They all showed up. There so, was a lot more on the line then, though. What? No, there wasn't. There was a truck for like three truck? years. That's it. There was a truck for like three years. There wasn't trucks. Yeah, there was every a truck, year. and then like Suzuki guys got double. They got bonus times two at that race. There was prestige, and, and the teams cared, so they made it a, a priority. I don't feel like that priority is there anymore. Well, what's the difference? You said there was prestige, and teams cared. So, yeah, well, I don't what's, feel what's, like what's, that's there what's anymore. The, what, yeah, but what's different? There's nothing changed. Just their attitude, just their mindset. To quote Jeff, Hennig. right? I'm, I'm not arguing that. I'm just right. saying there was more on the line back then. Like Suzuki wouldn't pay double bonus. You know, I'm not. I I understand right. that the the mindset has changed. I'm just saying that there was more emphasis back then so guys raced it they never thought twice about not racing there was there was a huge issue with one of the teams when we had the dual main events the shootout and the uh main event you know these teams were like well what do we pay we pay for a main event win yeah. and and agents and riders are like yeah the shootout is a main event and their teams were like no and there were a lot of things behind the scenes with some angry folks about that's a lot of money on the line i mean yeah. it's a lot of money to pay out which is probably not budgeted and then there's a lot of money lost by riders Right, right. So I don't, you know, I know behind the scenes guys were like, we, no, we get paid for the shootout, and teams are like, no, you don't, and then people are freaking out. So, yep. um, yeah, so, uh, okay, Muskan, Mookie, Bishaglia, Plessinger, Alex Martin, strong ride by Alex Martin. I got him after the race, Weech, so. Oh, I saw that. Well done. Yeah. I didn't think he could pull it off. He's very hard to pin down. No, he, he yeah. is. He was uh, sitting in the lounge, kicked back, uh, with arms up on the lounge, uh, talking. When I got in there, so you guys agree with me? If you're Joey Savaggi, and I'm just using him as an example because he's the perfect example. Oh, he crashed out by the way. Now, in practice. Got a full yeah. shot, which means it would have been so hard for anybody else to win. But you don't know that's going to happen coming in. If Savaggi had won that race, would it change his career? Oh yeah, I mean I don't know, but change his career, but change his next few years or something. You know what I mean? Like yeah. Yeah. So. And and my example that I'm giving, and I'm not doing it to offend the guy. But this is Darren Durham. I mean, Darren Durham has had a ride for like three years now. He has barely even entered a Supercross, but he won one time in New Orleans, and he's been hurt, but he keeps getting another shot because he won a race. You win a race. All these guys are thinking, title, oh, i got to be ready for it. Is Savage going to win the title outdoors? No, no. Uh, no. I mean, every one of these guys is really a title contender. I mean, again, I'm not trying to offend anybody here, but I'm just saying one win changes everything. One win changes everything. Yeah. Yeah, you not ever. You, you got a pro circuit bike. You never know what's going to happen. A lot of dudes are out. A lot of guys aren't motivated. I'd be like, dude, I'm going to win this sucker, and I'm going to lock myself in for the next three years of the factory rider. These guys are too cool, man, These nowadays. You know? I don't know what it is. I don't know. Um, Focusing on the negatives. Uh, Martin, oh, let's talk about the positives. Cole Martinez, eighth place. Good job by him. Yep. Beating McElrath and Bell and factory guys like uh, Hanny and and Hill and these big time guys. Hanny, um, he went down, right? He was up there at one point. I think he was like fourth. And then he went down. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. He just lost the front end in a turn. Yeah. It wasn't anything crazy. Right. It took him a while to get started, didn't it? it took him a long time yeah. to get going. And um, yeah. So, all right. Uh, let's take a commercial break here on the uh, BTOsports.com Racer X uh, podcast presented by Fox Racing. We will be right back. Listen to this race tech commercial. Save yourself big money uh, with those guys. And uh, we'll be right back here on the show to talk about the 450 class and, uh, yeah, everything else. We're going to try to be more positive when we come back after this break. Hey, thanks for listening to the BTOsports.com RacerX podcast presented by Fox Racing. 
Racetech people, Racetech.com. These guys have been in business for over 30 years, supplying racers, riders, and tuners with factory-level suspension to everyday racer. There's a lot of top suspension guys in the pits that got their start with Racetech. Trust me on this. There's a, more than a few guys that have learned underneath Paul Feed and gone on to, uh, to great things. Paul Feed, the original suspension guru. I guarantee you, eh, probably... 82.7% of you people listening to this podcast need some sort of suspension work, whether it's uh, just a simple oil change with new bushings and seals, give your bike some love, whether it's the right spring rate for your weight and or speed, or maybe you just need some revalving on the machine to uh, help you uh, take first place in that Chicken Licks Raceway. Something something uh, on your bike needs attention for Racetech, I guarantee you. Freeze, Gilmore. Some of the guys just using uh, Racetech Privateer Proven. They work with uh, Ben LeMay also. They're back with Ben LeMay. And uh, they offer a full line of Racetech high-performance springs. These springs are called high-performance because they're extremely lightweight for their rates and feature the tightest tolerances in the industry. You want to save 10% at uh, Racetech? Go to PulpMX2015 when you order. You can save 10% at Racetech.com. And they're uh, proud sponsors of this podcast, and we thank you guys. All right. Back to the show. And we're back. Are we more positive, do you think? I think so. It's up to you. Well, you can answer that. Yeah. BTOsports.com, RacerX Podcast, presented by Fox Racing. Presented by Fox Racing, JT. Are we positive on that? Uh, I'm going to stay out of that one. <laughs> As by, I would invite everyone else to. By the, <laughs> by the way, <laughs> Fly Racing losing Tevin Tapia to a competitor. Can't believe a privateer guy left Fly. Didn't join Fly. <laughs> He left fly. Uh, I wouldn't say lost. We released him. Like he he wanted to make a change. Uh, Seven offered him what I would consider a great opportunity, and he took it. I'm with just, no hard feelings. We no, were yeah, completely I'm fine with I'm it. Saying it's just odd to see. It's just odd to see. Well, he has a great relationship with the Stewarts, so I I get it. Like no problem. Right. Um, do you think your privateer effort will suffer with one less guy out there, or do you think the other forty will? Oh, I think that. it's fine. I, you know, I'm, it's one of those things where um, I know how close he is with that family, and and if I was them, of course I would want him to wear you know the gear that I was you know my namesake gear. So no problem at all. I had no issues with it whatsoever. Mm-hmm. Okay, I think he should change his number to seven seven seven, running seven gear. Barbershev. Yeah. All right. Uh, Four fifty class. Um, yeah, Dungeon One Tomac second. Too bad Tomac fell, Weege. That could have been a really good battle. That was shaping up to be a strong battle. When uh, they passed each other back and forth there on the first lap, man, the fans were getting into it. Mm-hmm. Like, they were really going crazy. It showed, like, it's still there. Like, it hasn't been that exciting this year. Everything kind of uh, yeah. fizzled out, unfortunately, with injuries. But, like, if you build it, they will come. The fans well, will still get into this thing. Remember what I told you? They were going crazy. Remember what I told you up there in the press box? Like, it was noticeable. The First of all, again, okay, the attendance wasn't great. It wasn't packed as usual. Um, the press box vibe, Weege, was way down from what it used to be or what it was in past years. Because Yes, but I will focus on the positives here. Well, I think that's actually a good thing. That press box is usually, I mean, you might as well just go to Studio 54 at the MGM. It's yeah. basically the nightclub by the end of the night. It's not a working environment. It's not even a watching a race environment as a spectator. Yeah, it sucks. Out of hand. It so sucks. I kind of enjoyed that. No, I did too. I'm going to turn that negative into a positive and say that the 450 guys, when Dunge and Tomac were going at it, 
there was lots of cheering like the old days when it was Studio 54. People were into the 450 race way more than in the 250 race or way more at any point that night. Yes, they recognized it. They, they remember. They still remember what good racing looks like. Yeah. But as soon as they saw it, they recognized it. And uh, it was good. I mean, those guys going back and forth. It's a pretty – you look at these last four or five rounds, uh, it's been pretty even. I mean, Tomac definitely got the better of Dunge last week, no doubt about it. Dunge mm-hmm. definitely got the better of him this week. It was pretty good, pretty even up. But, JT, just like kind of what we've seen all year, um, kind of what we've seen all year, an, an unforced error by uh, by Tomac, and Dunge wins. Yeah, I mean, um, we were we were getting really set for a big battle there, I think, because what generally I, I see happening is uh, Dungey still is not his best on the first, on the opening laps, and Tomac was making a big, big push there early. But when Dungey gets to settle down and find his rhythm, I don't feel like anybody. And, and you know, unless you get a gap on him by then, I, I really don't feel like anybody can beat him at that point on mm-hmm. an average night. You know, this this season anyway. And unfortunately for Eli, he crashed during that barrage. He was trying to get around Dungey. But I'll be honest with you, once Dungey settled in, I don't know that Eli would have beaten him anyway. Dungey's just too solid and too consistent, and he just he's just on fire right now. I mean, everything is, is clicking for him. So whether he crashed or not, I still think Dungey would have found a way to win that main event. You do, huh? Yeah, I'm not so I sure. Do. Yeah, I don't yeah, think he would have yeah. won going away, but I think he's just he's just in too good of a place mentally and physically and bike setup and all that mm-hmm. stuff. I just I think he would have you know, he would have found a way to get it done by the end of the twenty laps. Surprising to me, uh, well, not surprising to me, but Pike, 38 seconds back in third place. Well, like I said, uh, Dungey was not messing around. That's a lot, 38 seconds. Yeah. Uh, Chad was going at Pike um, for a podium and might have gotten it, but about four or five laps in, his bike started developing issues, so kind of sucks. Yeah, he wasn't wasn't very pleased, to tell you that. That was pretty much uh, a Chad Reed, maybe Chad Reed supercross year. Caught right up, caught right there, you know. Um, had the speed to get third, I think. But, uh, yeah. Yeah, he was Although, talking to him after. He was pretty confident that he was going to find a way around Pike. He was kind of waiting on him, he, he felt like. He, and he knew the first two guys were gone. So as long as Seeley wasn't pressuring him, he was just kind of kind of wait Weston mm-hmm. out. And, uh, yeah, he had some, some problems there that kind of ruined the rest of the race. So we'll never know. But I know that was his, his line of thinking anyway. Yeah. I'm sure it was Pike's line of thinking. Oh, for sure. Yeah, of course. <laughs> Pike would have Pike would have fought him to the death for third. Yeah, but as we've seen from Weston this year, the last five to six laps haven't been his best. And I think, well, from hearing Chad, he knew that, that he knew that scenario was going to come down. So if he could just keep the pressure on, he was just hoping to you know kind of wear him down and then make a move if he had to at the very mm-hmm. end there. How come he made me buy him drinks on Saturday night when he's the millionaire? And I'm the journalist. How does that happen? Uh, yeah, I, I was doing the same. Don't worry. Between between you and I, we bought all the drinks. But is that because is that how he stays rich? Maybe maybe that's how rich people stay rich. <laughs> I you know don't know. He's definitely gone through a change owning his own team. Uh, <laughs> money does not flow as freely out of his pocket as it used to. <laughs> well, you still remember the the Ruth Crisp the Ruth Crisp issue we had? Yep. Yep. That was that was that was unfortunate. Still bitter. <laughs> that was unfortunate. Really thought I was getting a free dinner there. Um, yep. 
So, yeah, that uh, that was that. Reed got seventh. Had to slow up and check up a little bit. Um, I guess let's let's talk about Justin Brayton because JT, at some point, well, at different points, you were you stepped in as team manager. Forrest Butler had some family commitments. You stepped up as the team manager, and of course, good luck working with that diva Brayton. Like seriously, right? Yeah, just uh, all attitude that one. Right. Like I can imagine the things that he was saying and requesting. <laughs> No. No, I for me it was a by far the busiest day I've ever had at a dirt bike race. Um I have a lot of responsibilities on my VIP side, just you know, I'm trying to make them have the best day ever, uh, which involves me running around, you know, just trying to make sure that everything is taken care of for them and they get to do everything possible on race day. Which usually keeps me busy enough as it is. But then all of the team manager duties, you know, doing the lap times and, and printing out segments and making sure that the uh, team functions and their hospitality is all running smoothly. Uh, it was needless to say, pretty, pretty crazy day for me. Um, and really I was just trying to make sure that I didn't screw anything up. I was trying to stay out of my own way on a lot of things uh, and just make sure everybody had what they needed. And, and, uh, I, you know, af- after talking to the team guys Saturday night after the race, they were all happy with how it went. You know, I was very, very careful about trying to overstep my bounds because they're all doing their job, and I'm just, you know, some guy that uh, is trying to fill in for them. So, in um, hindsight, it was great. Uh, I just, it's not something I would want to do every Saturday, though. I could tell you that. Weege, how jealous were you? You get to manage Brayton. I know, I know. Um, plus, it was uh, the combo was really working in uh, practice and stuff. That was about the best we'd seen Brayton this year. So yeah, I really good. thought you guys had something, which was making me both happy but also jealous. Good practice. Yeah, good uh, good practice times, uh, JT, from you. Out of, out of Brayton. Yeah, for you. I wish I could say I had anything to do with it. Uh, I was just looking at the board watching. Hmm. But uh, he was solid. I mean, he had rode great all day. I know his confidence was really high going into the night. And, uh, you know, he made one mistake in the heat. And then... In the semi, he rode flawlessly, and then the main event, he was really frustrated with his first probably six or seven laps, and uh, yeah, he just made some poor line choices and kind of got swallowed up there after a great start. But uh, it's just been kind of, I feel like it's been that kind of Supercross season for Justin. You know, mm-hmm. he's either been hurt or struggling to find the pace because he was hurt. Uh, so hopefully, he can kind of press the reset button moving outdoors. And um, you know, I, I know historically he hasn't gotten off to the greatest of starts outdoors, but uh, I think, the, you know, he's going to get good starts. Those KTMs, regardless of who's on it, have been up front every time. So uh, I think it's, you know, it's in his corner at this point. He's in great shape, and he's going to get good starts. So just got to make it happen. This is where we're at in uh, Supercost, JT. For the semi, I think you were the only guy in the manager's tower. Uh, in the semi, I was, yeah. Yeah, yeah. there was no other, yeah. nobody on that line had a guy to help them or watch out for them. Except yeah, for Justin was, uh, Brayton. It was definitely a lonely experience <laughs> that one time. But hey, we won. That's you know, you want to you want to win, you go in the manager tower. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, uh, yeah. So yeah, it was interesting. Um, hey, uh, do you know what the is, is Brayton? Does he have a two year deal, or is there some pressure on here? Uh, he has a two year deal. Yeah. Oh, okay. All right. Yeah, I think I think maybe they had a, there was an option in there somewhere, but uh, they yeah, he definitely has. Uh, 2016 season in his deal. Bad start for okay. Barsha. Kind of fought through the pack a little bit. He was way back. Got a ninth. Got an eighth uh, with a with a bad start. Chisholm knocked but on the. He, uh, he moved further forward than that at one point, didn't he? I think he 
had gotten further, and then we're like, wait, did he crash? Yeah, he he sure. he'd gotten closer to Baggett. Um, yeah. yeah, yeah, he caught Baggett at one point because we were again, we're still trying to decide if Barsha's good or bad, and we were very curious. Like we're like, okay, if Baggett just walks away from him, this is not good. Um, but he didn't. I think he was actually catching him, and then all of a sudden he was way back. So right. Still trying to figure this thing out. Is he good or is he bad? <laughs> we'll find out. Hang, ta- Hang Town's here. Uh, coming yeah. up. Um, yep. If this is Nick Way's la- if this is Nick Way's last race, and he was not having it, and not saying anything, and not talking about it, he won the semi. So a good way to go out for the NYK. And he threw his ex-brand goggles into the crowd, which made me not happy. So. Um. That sounds like a way you'd celebrate a last race. What's that? Sounds like a way you would celebrate it. Yeah. Being your last race. Yeah. Throwing, crazy. throwing the goggles, right? Exactly, right? Um, but he refuses to admit this. That's where we're at, right? Yeah. No. He, he were you said, mad that he threw those and then he didn't have them on his neck on the podium interview? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, I mean. I knew you would be. I texted you and I'm like, oh, that he's probably going to be actually really. I was just kidding. And then I, then I thought about the podium and I'm like, ah, yeah. This, yeah. I'm gonna be actually mad now. Jerk. Uh, <laughs> well. He needs a goggle guy down on the floor, like John Knowles or Scott, who would have provided him with a backup set. That's very fair. Listen, mm-hmm. that's the problem this sport has gotten. These guys are all coddled, and and you know, oh, great. you also don't get you also don't get parade lap goggles with me. No, no, you can wear your pair of race goggles really slow around the track. You'll be okay. You'll be fine. You don't. You're need... driving a hard bargain to, to sign riders with that <laughs> I, level of. I'm I'm going to stand strong with this, and I'm going to turn the tide. So you're going to stand strong, but you'll be standing alone. I'm going to turn the tide. You watch. Right. Um, oh, you watch. Michael Acaden, I think that's his first main event of the year. Travis Bannister, first main event of the year. Raper made the main again. Dusty Pipes wrote strong, put it in again. Thomas Ramet from France, fifteenth uh, for him. So good job by him. Uh, ben Lemay. I feel like Chisholm Way and Lemay have just been. In the same positions every week, the last last month or so. Yeah, eleven to fifteen. That's their. <laughs> that's, that's that's the their spot. Spots. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Grant, I don't, think, I don't know if I said Grant. Grant got fifth though. Good ride by him. Yep. Um, yeah. End of the season, pretty strong. And I, I like Tickle tenth. He didn't get a good start. He kind of moved up. But we talked about this before. Like everybody's there. Tickle's seventh, eighth, and everybody's gone, and he's seventh, eighth. So. Got to be a little disappointing end of the season, JT, if you're the RCH team, that your lone rider couldn't step up into that group and battle for Maybe not get podiums, but battle for them, and Tickle never did. He hasn't for a while. Yeah, I don't, you know, I think, to be fair, their season was probably over when Roxon went out. Uh, that's not, you know, I, I know Tickle and Tickle fans would hate to hear that, and Swisscore will probably send me anthrax in the mail but you know they went into this this thing hoping to win a championship and they were well on their way to do that leaving anaheim one i felt like you know i think when they left anaheim one they're like we're gonna do this we we have the best guy we're gonna win the title and really you know from oakland on things haven't been great so sure maybe they're a little bit bummed about tickles last few races but i feel like ever since oakland it's been on a downward spiral uh, and they're probably ready to just get it over with. If they don't win outdoors or battle for the title the whole way, signing's going to be a little questioned, and I think rightly so. Sure, I think that you know they came out 
so strong. And I think until Roxon hurt his ankle, they were doing everything right. Mm-hmm. Roxon was in the mix and leading the points, and they were there every time. So I can't really, I can't really agree with you on the questionable signing because Roxon was on point until that that crash, and it was just one singular mental mistake right there that cost the whole season for him. And who knows if he beats Dungey in the points? Dungey was so good down the stretch, but I guarantee you he would have been in the fight. Yeah. So, you know, I, he has a, a great opportunity to defend his number one plate outdoors, and I know that, you know, surely all of his efforts have been on that since he has skipped the last month or so of Supercross. Yeah, no, I, I don't think he has to win the title to, to say it's, you know, the, but he's got a battle. He's got to be there the whole way. So. He will be. I think if he's healthy, he will a little be. More- yeah, Roxon is too good a rider to to really struggle. I think the one <clears throat> unknown that no one expected to happen was uh, I don't think anyone expected this KTM effort to end up being this good. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, they were just so dominant, and this bike at this point has clearly proven itself. I mean, obviously, Dungey's a good rider, and Muscan's a good rider, but clearly this bike is a huge level up from what they had. So that throws a little extra wrinkle into like this conversation. Um, Clearly, the Suzuki was good for him. Like JT said, he came out strong. He won two of the first three races. You can't say that the Suzuki was bad. But now you're looking at, oh, man, the team he left has just gone to another level, maybe the highest level of anyone in the pit. So it just makes the the uh, discussion that much more intriguing. Like, if he was on the same bike as Dungey, what would he have done? But he'll be fine. He's too good a rider, and I think that team knows what they're doing. He'll be okay. Um. Yeah. So, Okay. What do you guys think of the JT? What do you think of the track change they made after the first practice, where they basically got rid of uh, probably about four seconds? I thought it was fine because that the section they removed was pointless anyway. Mm-hmm. It didn't. There was going to be no passing there. It was just a single flat turn. You know, there was just nothing to it. Mm-hmm. I thought it was a pretty dumb section anyway. Right. Uh, I, so again, I was like, more than fine with it. Again, they looked like they had no dirt, so they just went something like, "Hey." Let's put a couple of rollers here. You know what I mean? Right. Like, it was, look, yeah, like, it was just a pretty lame section. So removing it, I was right. yeah, no problem. Right, right. Yeah, they wanted to fit it into into the TV schedule. I haven't watched the broadcast either. Either one of you watched the TV show? I have not. Page? No. No. No, I haven't either. What are the chances yep. that any uh, any of us watch it? The, the three. <laughs> now that's done and over. I don't like my. I already odds. deleted it. You did? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I don't like my odds to, to go back. I usually do. I usually do. I don't like my I usually eye. do, too, but I just I, – I was there once. Nothing happened. I'm good. Nothing. You know, I'm going to need you to turn these negatives into a positive. When you say yeah, nothing – I was, I was ha- fine. I was chipper. You, I just, you know, Supercross you, is over. You said nothing happened. Season. You said nothing happened. <laughs> well, I mean, the guys that I thought would win – you know, the only guys I thought that could battle didn't race. Then Tomac crashed. Then Chad's bike was messing up. So, yeah, I was – it was not the most eventful Saturday on the track that I've ever seen. I like. Do you guys like the fireworks and the confetti that Feld does? Yeah, I do. I do. I think it's cool. Yeah, me too. That's about the best part of the night. I liked it. I I do like it by itself, but what it represents to me, it almost rubs in the fact of okay, at the you know whatever the last game of the NBA Finals and the Super Bowl and everything, they have a very similar situation like the Super Bowl field that just goes nuts right. when the game's over, right? And they bring in like a float, and the MVP stands on it and holds the Lombardi Trophy. So it's like they're doing the same thing. But to me, it almost rubs in the fact of, oh, yeah, the way Supercross works, 
by now the title has been decided for a long time. It really didn't come down to anything crazy. We're celebrating with the confetti. The guy actually won the title four weeks ago. And, again, I'm not just isolated this year. That's pretty much all the time. I mean, once or twice you can think right. of Vegas where it was like the checkered flag came out and that decided it. And this is unbelievable. Let's get the party started. But to me it almost rubs it in that it looks like the other scenarios, but it's not even close. Yeah, do you guys remember uh, 2011 when it went right down to the wire? That was exciting. Oh, mm-hmm. uh, oh yeah. Keep it up. Keep it up. I was right in it. Keep it up. I had to buy, I had to buy the guy drinks. How much worse could it get? <laughs> um, hey, and I was talking about the broadcast a little bit. Um, I didn't watch it, to be fair, but I was getting plenty of tw- tweets about it. Ralph asking the guys what they're going to, you know, until the Monster Cup. Like, what's going to go on until, you know, we'll see you at the Monster Cup. And just completely ignoring the fact there's a 12-round series coming up that's, you know, going to decide a national title. Uh, come on, guys. That every rider's competing in. That every rider is in. Yeah, yeah. And just saying, like, oh, yeah, man, well, you know, what are you going to, you know, we'll see you. Have a good summer. We'll see you at the Monster Cup. You know? Just, come on, guys. Brutal. Come on. If that's true, we have to qualify. I didn't watch it. But, yes, we were getting hit up quite a bit. Um, that's and, brutal. And, you know, j- brutal. just like we talked about on this podcast about the, the, the team names not being mentioned and the guys not really putting in, you know, a lot of effort on the guys that – and they're doing better at that. They're doing better. They've, they've, I don't think it's because of the podcast or anything, but they're doing better. It's the same thing. People on our Twitter are noticing this. Fans of the sport are noticing this. It's not something that you know that they're trying to sneak by. Fans are noticing, and they don't they don't sound too happy. You know, I mean, these guys are they're fans of the sport indoors and out. So I don't have a problem with not giving any free promotion. Like that's that's their business. That's fine. They don't make a dime off of a, of a motocross, so I get it. They don't have any obligation to promote it. But to me, you cross a line when you go from not mentioning it because you just don't want to promote it to this almost goes into the lie stage. Like we're going yeah. to pretend that it doesn't exist even though it does. Like that means you're lying. Yeah, like, like I, that's, I, I, got, I checked my Twitter here and Ralph asked Jeff what the riders would be doing during, thinking during the offseason. Basically meaning right, the, yeah. Yeah, the offseason after yeah. Vegas. Right. And again, this is not, this is not at all a commentary on Ralph or Jeff or Carmichael or Jenny Taft or anybody that's on the show because we know that it's not their decision. Yeah, and it's brutal, man. Yeah, they're doing what they're told. A, a, yeah. a rising tide raises all boats, you know, um, and we're all... I'm not saying you get a website or say Lucas Oil or, or name the tracks or the no. dates or anything. No, no. no just I just acknowledge it. Well, okay, I'm, I'm saying... Um, no, I'm saying... That they don't, they they can. I I think they can do that. I think they, I don't want to say should do that, but they can say Sacramento, California starts to the outdoors series. You know, I think so. that's unrealistic. I think it's just an unrealistic expectation. I don't even expect that much. But to pretend it doesn't exist when it's a major factor in the lives of these riders. The, the perfect example being when Canard was suddenly on fire at Monster Cup, and we all knew that he changed his suspension at Unadilla and was on fire since then, but it just could not be brought up. Yeah. Uh, I mean, you're just ignoring, like, actual facts that are actually interesting to the actual viewers. Right, right. Now you're, (laughs) exactly, now you're, like, robbing viewers of, like, information and, 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 you know, because of, and again, they don't need to say, hey, go to 
you know, no. go to here and buy tickets. They can say though, there's just series and it's outdoors and it's Sacramento and it, you know, whatever. So, yeah, know. yeah, it is. Ask any of these riders; it is a big part of their lives. That's coming up, right? Their I just, will be like, yeah, we need to yeah. mobilize our our listeners and our Twitter followers to like they helped us out with the team names and stuff. Where Fro didn't really know why he was getting hit up, you know, but he was getting hit up. I don't think so. there's anything you can do about this. Okay. this is a, I believe this is a this is a this comes from the bosses. Because well, it's like, oh, if we just knew, like they know. Yeah, I they need people to tell them. Well, they know there's a championship coming. We're, up. It's on Twitter. We're it's in, not aware. We're in with Feld. We do their arena cross webcasts. Oh, good point. We're good in point. there, right? Um, and we, uh, you know. Wait, here's a podcast I think we need to do in the off season. Uh, it's going to take a long way for me to get to this point. The reason the United States gets involved with weirdo foreign conflicts that we probably shouldn't have any business is because when you have countries like, say, Afghanistan that are just running roughshod, bad stuff starts to happen when there isn't any control. And then 10 years down the line, allowing it to be uncontrolled, that's where terrorist groups form and bad things happen, right? So keep following me on this. <laughs> what if the, yeah, you're like this. So the AMA did not do a good job when they were the number one power force in the sport. They didn't do a good job. They were made fun of a lot. We make fun of them a lot. It's been that way for 20, 30 years. Um, so when the AMA said, we're getting out of this, we're selling outdoors, felled it, or whoever was controlling Supercross, various companies, kept getting more and more control. I think at that point, everyone was embracing it. And it was like, hey, AMA, stay out of it. You do a terrible job. These people are professional promotion companies. They'll do better. So I think everyone was okay with this power void. But here we are now without the one tie that binds everything when we talk about safety and, oh, they raise 450s, so they have to sell 450s. And who could control the teams and the manufacturers? Mm-hmm. Who, could, who could enforce safety rules? Who could make the two series become one? That was all the AMA. That's the only link between every one of these groups. And they have marginalized themselves so much. It's almost like, oops, be careful what you wish for. Yeah, through, through their own incompetence and bad decisions and political problems yeah. and, you know, and actually some embezzlement going on and things like that with the AMA Pro Racing and AMA and all that. So you're right. Um, yeah, it's a good point. There was how many times in, like, you know, 10 previous years did you hear, dude, what do they bring to the sport? Nothing. They bring nothing to the table. Get them out of here. They right. don't do anything. Well, yep. now I think yep. we're starting to see things. The safety deal with Wyndham and everyone going crazy a month ago, mm-hmm. there's really only one organization that could make something happen, and that's them. But they're useless at this point. They've become so not powerful. What are they going to do? Nothing. They could have if the old structure. It's, 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 uh, it's, it's an excellent point, Wygant. Where is Christine on poor when we need her to report yeah. on yeah. this conflict? The power, the power void. Someone will fill in the power void. Uh, you know what? I'd like to be the power void. I'd like to be the guy. How do I good luck with that? How do I be the guy? Because there, oh, there will be nets up faster than you guys know what even know what happened. There'll be nets everywhere. So nets and berms, <laughs> nets and berms. Yep. Um, all right, before we go, Jay uh, Weege, uh, happy Star Wars Day. What does that even mean? <laughs> I don't know, but <laughs> I like it. I like it. Yep. Is there a movie out? It's coming out soon. Wait for it, Weege. Mm-hmm. Did you? I'll wait. Did you? Did you check out the Avengers over the weekend, Weege? Did you find time to sneak away and catch it? 
No, no, I, I don't know. I just, every one of these Marvel movies, is that a Marvel one? Yeah. I just find myself busy every time. I mean, they, God bless them for trying. They put a lot of them out. Right, they do. Yeah, they do. Yeah. Uh, when, is, when isn't there, by the way, like a Batman or Superman movie out or in the works? Is there ever a time? <laughs> I don't think so, actually. Does the assembly line ever close? No, no. And people are still paying millions and millions of dollars to go see them. Incredible. It's incredible. It's it's scene. amazing. Um, all right, what are we uh, what are we doing on the off weekend, gentlemen? Anything? Staying home, relaxing? Not a lot. I can promise <laughs> you that. Yeah, JT, that's seventeen weeks for you. Yeah, I'm 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 good for the weekend. Fifteen being at home. Fifteen for me, and I think about ten for Weege. <laughs> Maybe three. I'm not sure. I gotta. <laughs> I I actually have to fly to uh, California next Sunday to do an Endure Cross TV show. Ugh. Oh, fantastic. It didn't work out the way I was hoping. Oh, and you went, after the arena cross, by the way, you went to the Enduro cross. You caught the last half of the main event. That's dedication, Weege. Good job on that. Yeah, I went there for practice. Saw practice for Enduro cross and went over to arena cross. And that arena cross show went late, right? It was definitely later than it was supposed to be, I think, right? Well, it was supposed to be over. I'd still be there. I'd still be wait, there waiting for Regal to come see me if you guys hadn't forced me off the air. Yes. Yes. Um,. So I thought, oh, man, this is running an hour later, so there's no way the Enduro Cross is still going. But they apparently, they had a step-up qualifier for X Games. And the way step-up works, if they keep clearing the bar, it just keeps going. Like, you can't schedule how much they can hit the bar in the first five minutes or an hour in five minutes. And apparently, it was about an hour and a half of step-up. It just kept going and going. So I made it for plenty of time. Um, oh, by the way, too, congrats to Vicky Golden. She made the night show. Feld got to use that press release that they had written up. Um, but she, look, there wasn't a lot of entries, but she legitimately beat some guys to get in. It wasn't a case of mm-hmm. where there were no entries and she got into the night show. She beat three to four, three to four dudes. So uh, good job by him. I, I mean, I've been critical she of. Did you, you say good, by, good job by him? I said her, didn't I? Did I say him? him? Oh, oh I hope so. Oh, jeez. Uh, good <laughs> oh. job by her. To, to get in, and because uh, like I said, she didn't just get in. She got in. She rode her way in. She beat some dudes. So um, yeah. took it took a while, but she got in, and Feld got to promote her as the first, well, yeah, first first woman to make the night show, right? That was the press release? So, uh, yeah. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. yeah, not the first to attempt. So good. Again, 35th out of 41. You can't really argue with it. No, no, not at all. All right, Jason Thomas, Jason Wygant, good job, JT, on being the manager this weekend. Um, Yep, you you pulled it through. And uh, Weege and JT on the BTOsports.com RacerX podcast presented by Fox Racing, Vegas, Supercross Wrap-Up, Arena Cross Wrap-Up, everything else. Thanks, guys. We'll talk soon. All right, man. See you. See you. This has been the BTOsports.com podcast show presented by Fox Racing. Don't forget to check out some of our past shows, including motocross legends such as The Bad Boy, Rick Johnson. I looked down and my hand was junk. I mean, yeah. it was sitting over to the side. The tendons were jerking in weird places. And my biggest disappointment with Danny Sorbic is that he never said sorry. Because Danny and I were friends, and we've never talked since. Brian Lunis. Before the 500 event, Dave and I fly to Germany, go down to Stuttgart. There's this little shop out the back of the mall factory. We get our cylinders, take them back, and, you know, off we go. And, you know, we ran Nicosil cylinders as a 
factory part for a handful of years before anybody ever saw it in production. And, and Magoo was all, you know how he did the big pancake thing? Right, and right. and he's got the thing, he's completely laying on the gas tank trying to miss this tree. I mean, he would have gone even harder, jumped farther if that tree hadn't have been, you know, yeah. if, it, if it hadn't have been there. The Hurricane Bob Hanna. I love the guy. I don't dislike. I think he's the greatest competitor this sport ever had. That absolutely 100% in my mind. I firmly believe that statement I said about these modern-day guys in Switzerland or Holland or Belgium on 45 minutes on the same bike. You're not beating Roger. Are you crazy? Right. They're not doing it. If they think they're so much better nowadays than they were in those days, they're fools. They're different bikes, different times. The Beast from the East, Damon Bradshaw. It got to the point where I didn't want to leave home. And once I got to the race, I wasn't into it. If I wasn't going to give 100%, I'm not going to take their money. The working class hero, Doug Henry. It was definitely an emotional moment for me, just thinking to myself, that's it, you know, and it's, it's amazing the stuff that goes through your head in a short amount of time of the things that, you know, that I was going to miss. The daughter, Ron Machine. Until you really open your ears and you want to listen to what they're saying, it's like beating a dead horse. And I know from personal experience, did anybody ever sit me down? Of course they did. Everybody did. Pro Circuits, Mitch Payton. There's two ways to make the money. One is you can sign for money, or two, you can earn the money. I'm a high believer in earning the money. I think they ride better when they earn the money. Seven-time Jeremy McGrath. I was so mad, like so disappointed and so frustrated that I pulled pit and I left. Every point counts. I could kick myself to this day for not just riding around in tents. It's been no problem. My, my ego got in the way, you know? The O Show, Johnny O'Mara. Stuff that you could, you'd sit there if you didn't even want to ride it, you just wanted to just look at it all day. I mean, I got a chance to test all that. I like that era I was in. I really do. Search Pulp MX in the iTunes store to enjoy these and over 500 more great motocross podcasts. It's the day.